I'm, I think I'm a lot less afraid in life at this point because I feel like I've already gone through something that was my worst nightmare and survived. And at this point I'm like, fuck it. You know, I, I'm, I wanna show up, I wanna be present, I wanna do whatever it is that I'm meant to do on this earth and I don't wanna hold myself back. And that is the gift of going through something difficult and coming out the other side. You're listening to Out of Line with Caroline Lee, exploring offline realities with online personalities. Autumn Reeser is an actress from Southern California, known for her roles in The O.C., Entourage, No Ordinary Family, and The Arrangement. She's a screenwriter and has recently begun directing while also raising her two boys, Finn and Dash. She came over to my place to record our chat. Hey, or um, I'm so excited to listen to your podcast. <laughs> I'm really excited to listen to everybody else's answers to that. <laughs> I'm, I mean, you should interview yourself oh too. <laughs> well, I'm excited just because uh, I. It's like the reason that I love being a photographer is that I feel like holding a camera allows me permission into spaces that I normally people would be like why are you here get out like yeah. we don't know you and yet because I have this camera in my hand I can be there because people want me there and with this I feel like it's kind of a similar thing where because it's for a podcast and there's a reason why it's happening there's um this permission that I get to ask all sorts of weird things that it that normally I wouldn't just sit down and be like so tell me what hours of the day do you use your phone <laughs> um and people would be just be like that's nosy but with this it's like there's a reason and so it feels um it feels right and exciting and I'm like I love it it's really fun I'm I'm loving where it's going and I'm so excited that you're here Yay. and especially I was thinking about how many years I've known you now and been through a lot yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't even know. Did, did you have, were, did you have a real life child when I met you, or were you? I were you can't pregnant? remember if I was newly pregnant. No, I must have had a child because we started working together um, when I was doing Move Lifestyle, and I started that after Finn. Okay, that must be true. That must be real because I think the first time I met you was for lunch in when I hadn't even moved to LA yet. And we had already worked together because I had shot for a move. Yeah, in Chicago, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I hadn't actually met you. And then when we met at lunch, and it was like I didn't actually put two and two together and realize that you were an actress until after we met. I love it. (laughs) So it was really funny because I remember meeting you for lunch. And then as we started chatting and I got to know you more, I was like, oh, She's not just a blogger. Like, she's another thing. But I love that because, you know, like, how we met was through this shared passion for telling women's stories. Like, that was what the website was that I was doing, that we worked together. You went and photographed Keisha, right? In, yeah. um In Chicago, who we were profiling, who was a dancer and now a mom. And, I, I mean, we were both just interested in the same things. And you would come sort of through the pipeline, somebody else recommending you because I needed somebody to shoot in Chicago for, for the website that I was running at the time. So I feel feel like but it's this is one of the things that's endured about our relationship our passion for women and supporting women and and women's evolution in in the world right now 
Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. And I, and I never, when you emailed me and said, um, you know, I, I have this blog and I'm, I wa- I'm wondering if you'd be interested and open and, um, open to the idea of photographing this incredible dancer in Chicago. It, it was just like, obviously that sounds amazing. Yes. And it wasn't like, I thought, Oh, I'm going to Google this woman or Google her <laughs> blog and I'm going to, you know, make sure she's some, someone legit. And so then when I met you in real life and, and realized that you were, um, you know, you were a mom and your career person and that you also had this incredible acting career already. And I remember you, you said something and somehow I think the OC came up and I remember (laughs) thinking, oh my gosh, my siblings are obsessed with that show. (laughs) And I'm, I'd never seen an episode, but I just remember being like, oh, yep, I have, I didn't even know that was a thing that you did. So I love that. I love how we've gotten to be friends and that, um, I've watched your, your career evolve and your, your private life evolve. And I've, I've known you through all of those seasons and living in, LA for the last, I guess, almost five years has meant that I've gotten to be a little closer for some of those seasons. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's so amazing that you're here and that we get to do this together. And, um, thanks for being willing to be one of my very first guests as I kind of figure out what, what this crazy animal thing called a podcast looks like. So it's really awesome. To oh, have it's here. my honor. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, thank you. So, so yeah. So just like, tell me more now that, now that we've, you know, talked a little bit about, the fact that you are an actress and also someone who's an advocate and have had many, many hats in your, in your life. Are there, are there things that have been weird about that? Are there things that, um, you know, you do have kind of a, a public persona and also a private persona. Is there anything that has ever been, um, really challenging about that? Or, or has there any, ever been anything that, um, you specifically really loved or really hated about that process? I mean, I think the big challenge for me in general is just um, my uh, taking when people are mean, which the internet provides us the opportunity to do because it's anonymous and um, people take their feelings out on anybody in the public eye. I've found that difficult and I find that difficult off the internet too. Just, you know, dealing with bullies in junior high or whatever it is, it's just like processing my own angst around that will sometimes keep me from being as vocal as I would like to be online because I'm afraid of the pushback. And, you know, that's not like a um, I don't feel real like good about myself when I say that, but it's because I we all want to be the person that's like, I just don't pay any attention and I just power through. But I think it's valid to say, no, it hurts. And and my ideal circumstance is then to rise above that is to say what I want to say and, you know, feel how I'm going to feel about the reaction, but then to push through. And the people who I follow online do that. The people who I admire, you know, are really, and you're one of them. Like you're, you're constantly putting forth yourself because you, you are a passionate person who comes from love and you're constantly willing to just put your voice forth. And, you know, you're, you're one of my icons in that. Like I've started sort of like collecting a little group of people that I'm like, this is who, this is how I aspire to be this open, this honest, this pure with who I am in, in the public eye. And, um, I don't think I succeed at that, but I, I try, I'm trying and I do my best. Oh, wow. I think you're the only person on planet earth that's ever referred to me as pure before. (laughs) 
but thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a little label and wear it right here on my jacket. Um, You're gonna wear white all week now. <laughs> I know. Just just remember it, everybody. I am pure. Um, no, but I really like what you're saying makes so much sense to me. And maybe part of it is living in LA, but I, and I'm, I'm not a famous person that gets recognized as someone, you know, who, when I go out in public, people are like, oh, there's so-and-so that doesn't happen to me. But I, I think I, I see that happening and, you know, just an experience that comes to mind is recently, um, A couple of weeks ago, I think, uh, maybe it was even a couple of months ago now, my timeline is pretty pretty rough, but um, I know Jessica Simpson was on Ellen, and she did this interview, and it was whatever. It was Jessica Simpson. Like, she's the girl who's always been known for, like, chicken of the sea or whatever. Like, come (laughs) on. Like, this is, it's part of just her personality and her brand, and that's fine. But she did this interview with Ellen, and I remember, like, 10 people on Facebook that I was friends with in different parts of the country all posted it kind of saying like, wow, she's really lost it. Like, look at her. She look at this. And I just remember thinking, wow, that is, that's first of all, that's really cruel because she's a real human. And second of all, like, do you have any idea what she's going on? Like what's going on in her life? Do you know her at all? And then it felt even more real to me because then just the other day I was leaving um, a restaurant and she was coming, like we literally like passed each other in the doorway and it was just a reminder of she's a real human. Yeah. She's someone who has feelings. She's someone who has a relationship. She has kids like her reality. We think it's our domain to be like, wow, look at this terrible thing. And, And everybody thinks that it's fine and they can just post things on, you know, social media and past judgments about interviews that she's done. And yet, what about her real her? You never know what's actually going on in people's lives. You just don't. And, And they might be required contractually to go and promote something while they're going through something horrific. Who knows? I mean, it's, it's, that is the thing that I've always had a hard time with, with people, not just on me, but with other people, like the tabloid culture, like where it's like, look at, you know, look at this person's ass in this bikini that they wore on their lovely family vacation in Hawaii, where all they want to be thinking about is like building a sand castle with their kids. And they still have to deal with the possibility that someone might take a close up picture of their ass and, you know, run it in a magazine at the supermarket while you're like buying some gum. That's, I've always just found that really horrific that we do that as a culture. It's fascinating. And the thing that is even more fascinating is that even when that's reality for so many people, still, when you ask kids, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? They, they, so many of them say famous. And I'm like, (laughs) do you you know what we do to famous people? We literally like, we love to build people up and tear them down. Exactly. Like we put them on this pedestal and then we say like, did you see their ass? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So is there, is there a time in your, I mean, you've been in the public eye for, for years now. How many, how many years um, have you been famous? Uh, I mean, I think the famous part is like slightly debatable. Um, but I, how many years? I started acting when I was six in theater. And then I started in film and time. I mean, I started, I moved to LA when I was 17 to go to theater school. And I started working my third year in college. So I was 20 my first time when I had a, um, a 
role in a TV show. So I've been doing it for – how old am I about to be? For 17 years. Good work. Yeah. And it's something – obviously, it's like it's something I always wanted to do. I'm really proud of it. I'm proud of my ability to sustain a career that long. I also love what I do. And so, you know, so many people don't get the opportunity to do what they what they really love. And, and I do. Um, and – I, I haven't had to deal too much with like the whole like fame side of things um, because just that's not with the direction that my career has gone into any sort of the tabloid culture or anything. But it, it is still, you know, the, they're like I've been going through a divorce for the last almost three years. And with the person that I was in the public eye with from the beginning, it was like for 13 years from the very beginning. And like when I filed for divorce, TMZ picked it up, which I was not expecting because I was like, people don't care about me that much. Like that's also like, who wants to put forth like one of the worst times in somebody's life? But that's, I forget again and again that that's what we do as a culture to people. Um, And I've been very private about that side of my life because it's not something that that I I understand quite how to talk about on a public scale um, because I have children with this person and um, it's a really delicate (laughs) dance. And um, so it's hard when other people uh, claim that narrative or think they know what happened or say, you know, or publish anything about it. And um, yeah, I'm, that's just a day-to-day reality that I'm walking with right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, have you had, have you had people since it, since it went kind of public, I guess that you've had filed for divorce, have you had, um, other articles or other stories or other, you know, I think people speculate about it. You know, it's something that sort of gets thrown into things here and there. I haven't done anything in the last, because I've been so focused on my family and my personal life and trying to figure out what this new reality is, I haven't done a lot of um, intensely public work as far as an actress goes because I haven't had the stamina for it, you know, the the brain space for it. Um, so I haven't had to deal with much of that. I do have a film that I'm promoting now that I do, you know, get questions and um, I take it as it comes, I guess, and see where I'm comfortable with on that. Um, I think that, you know, the hard part for me is because I do believe so deeply in marriage and I am a romantic, it's hard for me when I've got like online people saying like, oh, you just didn't try hard enough. And I'm like, I was with this person for 13 years and you don't know what what happened and how hard I worked and how much I did want it to work out and how much of my sense of being was invested in that. Um, so that can be hard for me. I also understand where people are coming from. People always just come from their own perspective and what they know. And I know that, but it doesn't uh, necessarily make it easier for me to, to know that people, that some people out there would think that, that I didn't try hard enough or that I didn't take it seriously. Yeah. And with you saying that you're, you're someone who I know to be an empath and someone who feels that when people are mean, um, are there things that you, that you wish you could say, or even just, are there things you wish that you could ask of your, either your fans or just the general public of this is what it's like, you know, like, this is what it's like kind of to live in a glass house. And this is, um, it's almost like there needs to be an etiquette. Like I know in, in France, is it France that they don't even allow there to be kind of, um, paparazzi or any sort of 
stories published about their famous people unless like the famous people give an okay um maybe i'm making that up i should i I have no idea that sounds Um, fantastic i i remember reading when i was obsessed with johnny depp i remember reading that was why he lived in france because of their laws to do with basically like being left alone because it was what you had to do. I have um, no idea. I don't. I don't know about well, that. Actually, I'm but gonna, I'm gonna check it before <laughs> you know. Before I decide to pretend like I know what I'm talking about. But um, you know, are there? It's almost like there needs to be an etiquette because there, there is this disconnect between like you are a human being and the empathy that people feel for you. It's kind of you're an entertainer, you're someone who can play different roles. And so when, like you said, like if someone's going through something, they might just have to play the role that they're fine because they're here to promote a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And should there be a space for people who are known in the public eye to be real in the public eye and be like, hey guys, I got to break down because I'm, I'm in something. Or is it like, there, that isn't the right space for that kind of vulnerability. I mean, I think, you know, this is what's interesting why you're doing why you're doing a show about public versus private persona and how social media plays into that. What I think social media can be really helpful in that place to to give individuals a platform to say what they're going through if they want to set the record straight. If if somebody has seized their narrative, if some publication has seized the their life and said, This is what's happening, and can you believe she looks like this? And can you believe this, that, or the other? Or here's a photo we chat snapped of them with this person. So here's everything that's going on. They just make up these stories. I think at least social media has now put the power back in the individual's hand where you can have a platform to go on and say, here's what's going on to set the record straight, you know, and people will, the people will believe whatever you're going to believe, whatever serves your own life and whatever perspective you choose to have in your life. Like that's what you're going to have. And you're never going to have control over other people's perspectives and how they want to choose to view you. But at the very least having a platform to be able to come forward and say, this is not this is what this publication says, but this is not what's actually happening. I think that's a really valuable thing. I think it's sort of cut social media for, for actors at least, is sort of cut out the middleman that used to be your PR company that you had to go through to be like, here's a statement that I'm going to give. And here's, you know, this filter that everything goes through. I think now you can talk directly to the people who go to see your movies, who go to watch you on TV, who care about you. And mm. I think that's really valuable. Mm. Uh, have you used social media yourself um, in your own, in the past, you know, three years with your divorce, have you used it as an outlet to speak for yourself in any sort of way? Have you made I haven't really, no, I haven't really wanted to address it very much because I don't know what to say a lot of the time um, because it is very personal and because I I don't know what to say. Um, I think as far as how I've addressed it is like when I've been having a rough day and found a quote or um, a perspective or a person or a book who's speaking to me, who's making me feel uplifted. I share that on social media and I've definitely gotten feedback of people going, that's, and this has been the beautiful gift. Like when I've done some shows, I've had people come up to me and said, that has meant so much to me because I was also going through a hard year and it encourages me to want to do it more than because I'm like, okay, so it's not just helping me because this is a quote that definitely meant something to me, or this is a person's uh, book that, that helped me through a rough time. I'm 
giving that gift to somebody else mm. who is looking for that as well. Mm. And so I try to do that. I try to keep my content positive in general just because I because I'm empathic and I don't deal well with a lot of like negativity or anger, anything like that. Um, I try and keep my my content positive. Like I'll, I'll post a lot about nature because I think it's really it's something that where I find God, where I feel recentered and um I, I I guess what I want people to feel that they're if they come to I don't know I guess I, po- I post the stuff that I'm searching for mm. Mm. yeah that makes sense yeah that totally makes that supports sense. me so without you know typing out I'm going through a horrible divorce blah 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 <laughs> you're you're like I'm in nature I'm finding this yeah. this is something that landed for me and resonated and right really brought me like truth or peace to right because I don't want to bring more negativity into people's lives like life is hard you know and and we're all dealing with something difficult at any given moment and like I don't want to put more of that energy into the world even if that's what I'm going with in my own life I want to go and here's the tonic that I've found yeah. I'd rather put that forth. Yeah, I love that. But um, yeah, but yeah, it can be difficult when people are like, well, how are you doing? It's like, I'm not having a great day. You know, today is not a great day. I know that's temporary, but um, I don't want to come across like, you know, with my friends, with everybody, with like Miss Mary Sunshine and like everything's hunky-dory, <laughs> but mm. I don't want to put more um, bad energy out there. Yeah. Is it that you feel... Is it that you you create more space to be kind of in your shit and and vulnerable with um, your real the the people who are in in the flesh around you all the time, but not necessarily in your online realm? Yeah, I don't think that it's a place for venting personally. Mm. Um, I just don't. That's not how I view it. It's just not how I'd like to use it. Yeah, that makes- I have I have like a very specific couple of people in my life that I'll go to to vent because they know how to hold space because they know what I've been through and if I need to vent I've learned how to just be like I just need to vent can you just listen to me for five minutes I don't need any advice I just need to like bitch oh. you know right it we all amazing. need those people we need those people oh we so need those people and yet it's amazing how even even now even those people who've known the, the people that I have that do that for me it's like I still have to say to them okay this is what I need from you right now. And it's like, they'll be like, do you, do you want me to give you advice? And I'm like, no, I just need you to listen. Okay. Yeah. I just need to freak out for three <laughs> minutes. I don't need advice. I know I'm being irrational. And they're like, okay. And then it's like, they set their timer and they're counting down for three minutes. Yeah. No, but um, it's, it's amazing how just kind of like setting people up to know what you need. Um, right. But I think that's a lot to ask from a mass audience that doesn't know you personally. Yeah, it's no. just that kind of like, hey, everyone, I just need to share with you. <laughs> no. And then it's just like, they're like, what do you want me to do? Like, yeah, types and hearts? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's not my, no. I mean, no. I I have a hard enough time first knowing what I need, you know, which is which is the key to that. If it, it, To be able to go to the people in your life who you're close to to ask for what you need, you need to check in with yourself and know what you need. And that's a journey in and of itself, Mm. you know? And then to invite other people into that space, it's like usually your next circle of closest people. Yeah. And and outside of that, I'm like, I've got those people. I'm good. Like if I need to vent, I know exactly who I'm going to, you know? And then outside of that, I'm like, ah, no, rather let's spread positivity. Well, and there's there's almost a part of it where I think 
what, you know, what I'm hearing is you're, you've gone through your very first divorce. This is something that is hopefully my only (laughs) good God. No, sorry. That was, I said that real (laughs) wrong. Sorry. But you know, but you know what I'm saying? It's a totally new experience. What I'm trying to say is it's a new experience. Come on, work with me here. It's like, if you were going through your very first being a mom, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been totally different with your two kids because what their personalities are different, but also like the first time you're a first mom, first time mom, the second time you're like, Oh, I kind of know what yeah, I'm doing. I've yeah, changed yeah, yeah. diapers before. And like, I've gotten up at 3am. Yeah. To I know them. what you're saying. But yeah. So it's not like you're, I, I'm not trying to say you're going to have more divorces. You're not. No, but it's you're uncharted right. territory. Is it what is. You're and so you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to find your feet. You're trying to be like, who am I in the midst of this? What does this look like? And so to share it publicly almost would feel, and this is my projection here. But it almost would feel like a little bit like narcissistic. Like, yeah. guys, everyone, look look at what I'm going through. I don't know what it is, but this, like, let's just talk about it for a minute. Yeah. Because you don't, you don't know, you don't know it well enough to talk about it. You don't know yeah. what's going on enough to be like, this is how it feels, or this is this is what I need from you, or I, don't I know. know I know people who can walk that in public really beautifully, like who who are going through the death of their father and who are basically narrating it every second and it doesn't feel indulgent and it feels true and they're beautiful writers and they've given me a lot through watching people walk through grief publicly. It's I've always felt it's very brave and um and truthful and it's a gift but it, it's unique to the to those people in those circumstances i found there there are times where you feel called to speak about things publicly and there are times where you don't and you have to put for for me the divorce was like the best way i can describe it is like being unmoored like i because i'd been with this person since i was 21 i had no adult context on my own and so i had to basically go what is the world without this thing that I've been using to identify myself. And that has been such a big journey that I wasn't, I'm barely able to speak about that to myself, let alone to a mass audience. You know, um, I do think there are people who do it beautifully, who are writers by nature and who that is part of their gift to the world. Mm. And, um, and I would love to be that person and maybe someday I will be. It hasn't been my experience um, the last, it certainly wasn't where I was at when I, when I started this process. So what's, what's something you found out about yourself as, as adult autumn without, without being in a marriage since you were 21? Cause yeah, that's crazy. Like what's something now that you live in LA and you've had this, you know, crazy career and you are someone who's gotten to work for 17 years in an industry that people spend their whole lives trying to get into and you know, you're making it work in an incredible way. And like you, we were talking about earlier, you're at a point where you can be a little bit selective about what you, what you do and don't work in, which is the ultimate creator's dream. Yeah. So what's something you've, you've discovered about yourself that's like, oh, hey, look at that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, God, there's so much there. Um, I mean, I think I've discovered it's not healthy to define yourself through other people, you know, because that's, temporal and, uh, subjective almost and specific. I mean, watching even Sheryl Sandberg went through it beautifully in a really tragic way, but able, able to articulate it for the public in a really extraordinarily beautiful way. So she's, she's definitely one of my inspirations around that, around, um, mm-hmm. losing the way you define your life. Yeah. And did you read, how do you did move you read forward? 
Not yet. Oh. I'm not quite like, there's definitely some stuff that I'm not quite ready to, to read yet. Um, that, and that's been one of the things I've learned about myself is going, oh, I'm high, I'm really sensitive to, to things. That wasn't something that I allowed for myself before. I always felt like I had to be the strong one. We've talked about this of just like, I've got this, I'm powering through. And now on my own, I've been like, no, I'm really sensitive to a lot of stuff. And so I cut out all media for the first like two years when I started going through my divorce. Cause I was like, I'm overly, I, I'm processing enough without processing these stories too, because stories affect me really profoundly. So now, I mean, I don't have a TV and that's unusual. I think for somebody in my business, which I just, they asked me to, for this movie I'm promoting to go on some show where they talk about the after after buzz or something where they talk about the aftermath of like after you watch The Walking Dead or whatever and I had to go I don't watch anything <laughs> which is terrible but I also am have just honoring where I'm at in life right now and going I have two small children I've moved three times in the last three years I've gone through something really traumatic and I'm trying to come to a place where I can absorb stories again without being sucked sucked away with that because I'm so, I get involved in other people's stories really easily, which is one of the reasons I do what I do and why I'm good at what I do is because I can put myself in somebody else's shoes. And I love to put myself in somebody else's shoes. But, um, when I'm already have enough on my plate, I don't need to, you know, put myself in. It's like, oh, and then, you know, this horrible thing happened. She lost her whole family in a plane crash. And now I'm like sobbing at the end of this movie and I can't get it out of my head for a week. Like that doesn't need to happen right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You don't need to escape. You need to be present. Right. Exactly. It's mostly been being present in the new reality with going, okay, so this thing that I was creating is no longer. So what is it now? Where am I now? Who am I now? What are, what are the realities of my life and what, what do I want to keep and what do I want to release? That's been the biggest thing of, of that's felt very adult and very, um, sacred of honoring who I am in this specific moment in time, what I want what I don't want and what, what is unnecessary at this point, just this slow release of, huh, that's who I thought I was. That's who other people thought I was, but I, I, I'm willing to let it go. Like sending a bunch of paper ships off on a stream. It's been a, a slow downsizing process basically of, I don't need this. I don't need this thing. I don't need this thing. And, um, there was a woman who lived across the street from me years ago, who was, I think in her seventies. And she was always inspiring to me because, and confusing at the time, but now I feel like I understand her. She had very few possessions and she was like, she had her guitar. She went to ballet class. She had, you know, like a couch and like a coffee maker and just the stuff she needed for the way that she wanted to live her life. And I, I get that now because she was intentional about the way she was living. And I think that's what I've been cultivating more. And is sort of when you're not having to, to compromise with another, with, with your partner that you live with, because when you live with somebody else, it's like, okay, well, this is what's important to you. So we need to make sure there's space for that. And this is what's important to me. We need to make sure there's space in our home and our life for that. But when it's just me and I've never lived alone, I ever got in your life. ever in my life. What, so I got to go, wait, what, do, what do I need? What do I want in my life? What's, what feels good to me? What feels important and what nurtures my soul? And so it's been, it was, it's been very exciting. I'm like, oh, I got this great rug from this flea market and I've got all these plants and I've got, you know, a piano and a guitar and all of this, you know, and my art and all of that feels really good to me. And 
there's a bunch of other stuff that I, the people are like, well, won't you need this, that, or the other? Like I got rid of a bunch of books, you know, and I'm a big reader. So books are important to me, but I was like, well, I've already read those and I'm not going to read them again. There's other ones that I am going to read again or that are, were important to me, but all the other ones, I'm like, I'm going to let them go to somebody who's going to use them right now, who they're going to serve right now, because otherwise it's just dead energy. Mm. So that's been a totally new process of like, what do I want in my house? I've never asked myself that question before at 36. That's you know? fun. I mean, I'm it sure has it, been fun. Is it's, it? It might be a little crazy. It's but. a little overwhelming sometimes. On the biggest part was like I had so much stuff that I was ready to let go of to get rid of, and then it was like I have a lot of angst over. Um, sort of sending things off into the world that aren't going to be used. I'm really paranoid about stuff ending up at the dump, you know? And so that I had to deal with my own like anxiety around that about, wait, but that's, that's a really usable book. And people are like, no, it's like, it's not really usable. It's, it's been, you know, soaked through at some point. It's a really like you, you can send that off to the trash, but having anxiety over that, which was silly. I totally relate to that. Do you have that too? Oh my gosh. I, I'm insane when it comes, like if someone's going to try to throw away like a paper bag somewhere, I'm like, no, 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 no. We can reuse it. We need to reuse it and yeah. then we'll recycle it. But first we have to give it another life. Yes. And literally I'm the person who at a store, when I make a purchase, I'm like, I don't need a bag. And they're like, no, you do because you have like 42 things. And I was like, no, no, I don't need a bag. <laughs> and I always say, I want to save plastic turtles. <laughs> and it's just, it, it's a thing that I do. It's a, I'm digressing here, but I feel like everybody always has their spiel about like you're saving turtles in the plastic in the ocean, and there's always this long. Are you talking about thing. that straw video that was going around yes. on Facebook with the turtle with the straw up its yes. nose? Because it's so horrific. So watching I just them sum and pull it, it up out. by you're just saying I'm saving plastic, plastic turtles. turtles. It makes no sense, <laughs> and no one ever knows what I'm saying. But I laugh by myself, so you can <laughs> you can use that. No, I'm just kidding. You don't need to use it, but it makes no sense. So, um, no, but I love that, and I think I mean. It's not like everyone needs to to live alone to find themselves, but there is a definite kind of um, being dropped in the deep end of like you you can't kind of pad yourself with someone else's personality or even their belongings or anything. It's like this is you with you as you go. And it can be scary, but um, but I, I love that you've been that you've been in that process and figuring it out. And it's great. And it's, you know, it's something that I would have benefited from going through earlier in life because there's, um, I described it this way. It's like, there's, there's a safety in, in going into the world with a partner from, uh, you know, the beginning of adulthood of like, okay, well, this is who we are. This is who we are. There's this, there's a little bit of like, you get to hide in that a little bit. And if you suddenly don't have that, you're, I, I keep saying, I feel like I'm like the masthead of the ship or like Titanic or something where there's nothing like around you. It's just the, the open sea. But, but then I feel like it's, it's authentic then you know, it's not, it's not hidden and it's a little messy and that's all good because I feel alive. Mm. Yeah. I, I love that. On one hand, I want to just be like, that's awesome. And then on the other hand, I want to sing I'm Free Fallen for you. Oh my God. Such a good song. <laughs> it is. I'll sing it for you. <laughs> no, I'll just splice it in here. <laughs> um, so... So, okay, so totally new life, like totally new reality, being an adult in L.A. without without being in a, in a relationship. And, I mean, what have you have you started dating? Like, what's that like? I mean, yeah. you're already known kind of in the city. So 
how do you just how do you be like, hey, God, hey, hey, world, I'm on the market. <laughs> I know, especially when like everybody is they're kind of like, oh, you just go on whatever dating app it, it yeah, is. That people do you use. Tinder? Do you swipe right? I, I stalk other people's Tinders because I find it <laughs> fascinating, but I've never joined a dating app. It's just it seemed like too much, too much pressure. I do have friends and this is really cool. I was like, whoa, that's bold, who are, you know, famous to the point that you would recognize them if you saw them on on a dating app. And they will choose like a um, like a picture of a lookalike of themselves and a fake name and post it on these dating apps and like go looking that way. Whoa. Which I was like, that's bold. That's real bold. I don't think I could do that. How do the dates go? I mean, I know a couple people who've gotten like in a serious relationships that way. Whoa. I know. Which Whoa. I was like, so for all of you out there who are on dating apps and you see someone who kind of looks like Ryan Gosling, it might actually be Ryan <laughs> Gosling. That's all I'm saying. Your All your dreams could come true. Oh my He's God. He's waiting out there Can for you. Can you imagine on- if Ryan was on Tinder? <laughs> Just, just having a rough week in my real oh my relationship. God. No, I haven't. I haven't done any of. I haven't done any of that. And I mean, I'm dealing with like really being an adult dating for the for the first time because I skipped out on that in my twenties. <laughs> I love um, that adult dating. Yeah, an adult. I mean, it's adult a thing. dating. No, it was. I'd never been able to legally drink on a date before. So that's a whole, so like my first date, I was like immediately like three glasses in and I was like, oh, you're probably not supposed to drink three glasses of wine on your first date. I didn't know that because I've never been on one when I was over 21. So (laughs) that is amazing. It was, I mean, I was a bit of a disaster for, for quite a long time because I was like, I felt like everybody else knew the rules and I didn't. And I've since learned nobody knows the rules. It's all just, we're, we're all just figuring it out as we go along. And I've become comfortable with that. But definitely at the beginning, I felt like a kid who didn't know how to ride a bicycle. <laughs> right? Like, okay, let me, I don't know what's happening. I need some training wheels here. Uh, yeah, I I wouldn't know. I no, mean, I know I've you've been, been in a relationship for a long time too. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I yeah. would be like, uh, I mean, what are, what are, what do people ex- what do people expect? Um, so what is so what has that been like? Has it been? Have you gone on dates? Have you been in any relationships with people long term? Is it kind of like um, you meet people through mutual friends, or or how does that work? If you're yeah. not if you're not swiping right, what do you <laughs> do these days? It's mostly been uh, through mutual friends or through you know, just meeting somebody at a party or out and about or, and just having a good vibe with somebody. Um, which I like, I like it to feel organic. I don't really like it because I think, you know, I'm sort of like spiritual and airy fairy. And I think if you're meant to meet someone, you're going to vibe with them when they walk into your space, you know, and, and that has proven to be true. And I've seen that with my friends who have, have successful relationships it's like there there is an element of truth to that of it happening organically and um, maybe it's also just because I'm a romantic and I like it to be I like there to be a romantic story to it or a or a oh my gosh we just and then it just and then this yeah the spontaneity yeah of of romance which come on you can't control romance just happens to you. It just happens. I know it sneaks up on you. Um, no, but it's been it's been fascinating figuring out. You know, because the last time I was dating, I was you know what in my I was twenty. That's that's crazy, right? And that's so crazy. figuring out well what what's what's important to me as a grown woman is different than what I was looking for at twenty, which that actually 
to be totally honest and like this is a little vulnerable was was a bit of an adjustment because I was like still first feeling like I should look for what I was looking for at 20 hmm. and that's not ne- that's not so at this point I've lived so much life since then and particularly like having had two kids and having gone through you know a marriage and a divorce and and um and a and just a lot of life it it I'm not just looking for like somebody, you know, what what I was looking for in college, Mm. which is just like excitement and potential. And, um, there's, there's other stuff and there's, there's a different level of connection. And I'm looking for something like what I look for in my friends, which is like a deep emotional connection and intellectual connection and an ability to discuss the world. And then I also hope there's chemistry on top of that too. Mm. Uh yeah. So how has it been? Have you found, have you found that? Is it hard? Like, is it the, is the dating scene? Is it in, I mean, I guess we're only talking about LA, but I know you do travel a lot for work, so it could be anywhere, but is it, is it like juicy, lots of opportunity or is it like, wow, it's really hard to find the right people. I've found it really fun. That's probably all I'm going to say about oh. it, but, um, I very much, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's like a new experience. I think it's rare that we get to, to find totally new experiences. You know, I, the more I find that we just shift your mindset to going like the world is br- the universe, the world is bringing me new experiences every day. Then you, you can find new experiences, even in stuff that, that seemed familiar to you before. But this has been something I've been like, Oh, I didn't, okay, that, okay. I, that's so obscure, the way that I just said that. But um, no, I've enjoyed it. I, I really have. It's, it's, I've always heard that you get to know yourself, you get to know yourself more through dating, and that's certainly proven to be true. And um, yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad it's going so well. That's so, I don't so know good. if it's... Uh. No, that's good. Has it been, has it been the kind of thing, you know, as we talk about the kind of online, offline people, public eye, has it been the kind of thing where you've ever had to kind of either say to the person you're dating, Hey, please don't talk about this. Or, you know, is that something that you share when you're, when you're dating someone new? Is it, um, is it something that you talk about kind of your reality of I'm going through this divorce and I'm keeping it out of the, you know, I'm not talking about it online, so I don't really want the public to know that we're dating. Like, is that something you talk about or do you just kind of hope that TMZ isn't watching you on your date? (laughs) I I mean, I I feel like I don't think most people, like most publications care that much. I think they're really focused on Taylor Swift, Um, (laughs) but understandably. So I haven't found that to be an issue because I feel like I'm, when I'm vibing with somebody, it's somebody who's like fairly like-minded. And yeah. That's so good. That's, that's great. I mean, like that's the best as your friend, that's what I hope for you. I I've know. definitely gone out with with a couple people who I felt like they were they weren't actually on a date with me. They were on a date with an idea of me. Uh. Which, but I feel you know going back to difficult experiences being growth, I can recognize that now and where I'm just like you're not actually here with me. You're not present, you know. And then it's very easy to not go on a second date. Right. You just get your three wines and get out. <laughs> That's, I did stop that with the first date. Thank God. Hey, three ones <laughs> is not always a bad idea. I can't believe I admitted that. But we are, what, out of line? Out of line, out of girl. Line. out of line. No. Nobody's got time to color inside <laughs> of the lines, please. 
I love that. Um, amazing. Okay. So, so as far as, you know, as far as what's next with you now that, now that the, cause the divorce is finalized. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So is it now that you've kind of gone through that dark season of figuring that out, do you think that your approach is going to be different at all? Or do you feel like you're, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm a lot less afraid in life at this point because I feel like I've already gone through something that was my worst nightmare and survived. And at this point I'm like, fuck it. You know, I, I'm, I want to show up. I want to be present. I want to do whatever it is that I'm meant to do on this earth. And I don't want to hold myself back. And that is the gift of going through something difficult and coming out the other side is you realize your own strength and you realize your own um, compassion and your support system. And, um, and that's where I am. I feel really solid right now. I feel like I have that I, I know who I am, who my friends are, and, um, and I'm excited to make art again. And um, I've been writing, I have a movie coming out that I'm producing, and that's new for me, both of those things, being willing to step into that, which is a risk. And, um, and I'm excited about all of that. I still have fear around it, but I also don't choose to let that hold me back anymore. Yay. Well, yeah. I'm so happy about that. I'm so happy for you because I... I've known I've known you through the the dark season. Yeah. Um and so seeing you I I mean you you seem to be in the best place that I've ever known you to be and the the work that you're creating is incredible and you seem to have um amazing support and the people that are around you um seem to be your people which is all you could ever ever yeah. ask for in life yeah. really. Yeah. yeah, that's so that's amazing. why I get to sit here with you tonight. Yeah, I feel girl. so lucky. Oh no, I'm I'm stoked. I love how we were like, where do we squeeze this in? Where can we do this before you're going on all of your movie promos? And then it's like mm, Saturday night, Saturday night at 10 p.m. <laughs> Done. I'll get the wine. Um, <laughs> come on, we do what we got to do. This is a great Saturday night. Are you kidding me? Uh, literally this is perfect. This is like my dream. ideal Saturday night. We've had a whole bottle of rosé. <laughs> I'm fully admitting that on your Out of Line podcast because we are out of line. We are out of line. And we're having a great time at your beautiful new table. Um, I mean, it kind of still smells like the glue is drying, but that's fine. <laughs> it smells stronger than it should, but whatever. It will. It'll smell nice in a few days. It's beautiful. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. It's um. It's really. It, it. This is. This is like my my ultimate dream, though. Really talking about the real stuff, and not having to wait for two hours to get a table at a restaurant, and yes. just buying my own. Buy, I'm so glad you're sharing that with other people because that's always been like who you are in my life. Like we always just show up, we get right into it. We get deep really, really quick. And I'm sure you're that person for all of your friends, you know? And so I love that you get to share that gift with the rest of the world. Oh man. There, it's either going to freak people out or there'll be <laughs> no, like 5% of people that will be like, wow, I, I understand that. But yeah, it's very yeah. strange. I'm always like, so let's, let's get down to business. <laughs> cut, cut the small shit out. I love it. Oh. Well, thanks for being willing to let me in on all the the real stuff. Because, um, you know, it's – to me, it's what really matters. To me, this is the stuff that, um, you know, pretending like everything's fine all the time or pretending like we, we all know what we're doing. We don't. We're just in it together. We're just figuring it out together. And so you letting people in even here on what your process has been and, and on any insights that you've had or even just to say – 
I've learned a little bit more about myself and I have less fear on the other side. Like that might be enough hope for one person listening that yeah. it's worth it. So that's, that's why I do this kind of stuff. Um, as far as kind of like your own perspective or, or I get, I don't want to say like words of wisdom, but do you, is there anything that you, um, that you would, that you would say to people who are kind of like trying to balance in that, on that line of, of, of kind of the, what to share, what not to share. Is there any kind of, um, I guess boundary that you keep with yourself when you're deciding what you share and what you don't? Is there, um, is there like a, you know, a golden rule or, a um, or do you just feel it in your gut and kind of be like, I'm ready to tell people or I'm not? Yeah, I feel, I, I guess I feel it in my gut and, and for me, I, I just try and keep things on a positive note, not making, um, everything, uh, rosy and like, Hey, here I am at another brunch. That's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about positivity. I'm talking about if you're having a hard day, post the one thing that's getting you through your day mm. and you can say like, it can be, this is, you know, I'm really, really grateful for, it can be a picture of like your kid's hand in yours. And you're like, this is what, but, but that comes back to this attitude of like focusing on what is good mm. because there are some really, really hard days and I, other people have gone through much, much more difficult things than I have. And it's through watching them, watching their grace through it that I've learned how to do that through watching people survive the unimaginable and watching them go, okay, but you know what? Today, God is good because of this. And today, my family is good because of this. And watching them choose to put that into the world, despite horrific circumstances, is incredibly inspiring. Mm, I love that you said that you said grateful because um, I think that gratitude is the most powerful tool that we have as humans to shift. Yeah. Um, because it can be so easy to get caught up in a spiral of, of just a mindset or a thought that just drags you into, you know, this little whirlpool. Yeah. It can just be like, it can just take you somewhere. And the only way that I have found that I can get into a different space quickly is to be like, okay, stop. Okay take a deep breath. What am I really grateful for? Yeah. And even if I name it out loud, or even if I just like look at my two hands and be like, holy shit, I have all 10 fingers on two hands. Yep. That is so amazing. Yep. And there are so many people that don't even have that. So I'm just gonna, everything else, it'll, this too shall pass. Yeah. Um, I can do it this. It drops you into the present moment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I found that has really helped me is accepting, not just accepting, but like rejoicing in the present moment, even, and that's been really powerful on the worst days in which everyone would be like, how are you, what, how are you going to make it through this? And so I was like, I'm so grateful for this because it's providing me like whatever the reason was, it's providing me with the training I need in order to be able to, whatever it is, like whatever I'm learning from this moment, I'm going to be not just grateful for it in a way where like, great, I'm grateful for this, but like in a yes type of way, like, thank you for giving me this moment so that I could grow. Well, yeah, because it is, it is true. This, this moment is the only one that we are sure we have. And that's so cliche these days, especially when with spirituality being something that is so, um, 
sellable at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so everyone's so yogatastic, which trust me, <laughs> I love a good downward dog. But when it comes to talking about this kind of being in the moment, um, to me, what it really means is that there's there's the freedom to really not not think about everything else and not 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 come from fear, not come from a, like anxiety, but really to be in gratitude and to be in joy because even in this very moment, if not everything is the way that I want it to be, if it's the only thing that I have, then what's good about it? Right. Even if it's just like, I'm grateful for the opportunity to basically run this race, to change these circumstances, to thank you for giving me this challenge because, you know, because I'm up for it, you know, then it just changes your, it's mostly just about changing your energy because when you're going through something difficult, it's so easy to get down and to let it be heavy and you can't do anything from that space. I certainly know it's like you're just stuck then you can't change it. And then it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. So when you start looking at gratitude or the present moment or saying, thank you for this challenge, then you have the energy to push forward, to, to get some momentum behind you. Yep. Yep. And I know there's even, uh-huh, cause I was telling you, I love, I'm super into brain science right now, <laughs> but one of the things that I read recently was, um, about how people who take time to meditate and make a list of things they're grateful for in the mornings, they, they are like actually healthier and happier people like in practice, not just, yeah. not just like, Oh, they say they're happier, but it, it's like, no, no, it's no. Immeasurable. We, we measured yeah. their, their health. We measured their weight. We measured their sleep patterns. Like they are actually traceably <laughs> right. happier people. And I feel like um, when you're not doing that stuff, that's really an annoying thing to hear. Yeah. Cause like, I was like, Oh, meditation. I used to hear about it all the time. I'd be like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You're so spiritual. <laughs> right. Like sitting in my judgment. And then I started doing it and I was like, Oh, oh. this is what people are talking about. This is why they're so enthusiastic about it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so to, so to everyone that's like right now, like, fuck you bitches that think you're so <laughs> righteous. Well, just try meditating once and then text me what your, what your results are. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. No, it's true though. I really do believe that choosing to just, even if it's just a practice of like three things I'm grateful for in the morning, I, I do that all the time. Um, as a practice, even if I'm not feeling like I'm overflowing with gratitude and, um, it's, it's kind of amazing how that muscle just gets strengthened. Even if I'm not, um, even, even if I'm not feeling it, I'm still picking up the dumbbell and doing the weights. And then by the time I'm like three months in, I'm like, Oh, Hey, look at my, that's, I think that's the perfect analogy. It is a muscle. Your brain's a muscle and you have to train it to serve, to serve you in, in a positive direction because it's so easy it's very easily trained in a bad direction, you know, in something that doesn't help you, that keeps you in depression, that keeps you, you know, not living your fullest potential mm. because we all go through difficult circumstances and it's like, it's, it's much easier to do that. But you're right. Like if you show up every day and you build that muscle and you choose it with intention, then it's going to get easier to, to do that, to be grateful, to be living in a place of positivity and, and creativity. It's almost like we have to be mindful with our brains. Oh, what now? <laughs> That's like a terrible dad joke. What? Oh my gosh. Um, it's the rosé, you guys. It's getting in my head.
Stick around for part two of this discussion to hear a Q&A with Autumn about her social media practices. This episode of Out of Line was produced by me, Caroline. All sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to Cat Footwear for working with Out of Line this season. Hit subscribe to get the next episode on your mobile device when it drops next week. And if you love what you heard, please whip out a review, will ya?